Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. Um, it is a sunny but very cold morning here uh, by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. It was, um, well, at before sunrise, it was, what was the actual temperature? 21 degrees and then like feels like 13. Um, and that's when I went running. And uh, it was not that bad because I was wearing five t-shirts, a hoodie, um, a nylon kind of jacket, and then a more of a spring jacket over that. And then this like fleece that I always wear, this pullover fleece when I'm running. So uh, nine layers um, and there was not that much wind. So it was actually bearable. I was surprised Um, and it felt good to get it out of the way. I was wondering if I should wait till lunchtime or so to go run because it was going to get up into the 30s. But I'm glad that that is over now. Um, So yeah, uh, the big news is that school is back. Oliver went back to school. Um, I'm feeling ambiguous about it, as are many parents, I'm sure. Uh, I don't agree with New York City Mayor Eric Adams that school is the safest place um, for kids, because how can you make a blanket statement like that? Um, It probably is the safest place for many kids. Um, It is obviously not the safest place for Oliver because he is fortunate enough to have a safe home with parents that can stay home with him. But um, either way, we sent him to school um, and he was not into going. He started to get really nervous and upset Sunday night and then Monday morning, um, which happens on most weekends anyway. But after a couple of weeks away, especially, his he was feeling anxious. And um, But he came back from school in a fine mood, so I guess it all went well, which I'm not surprised by. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think most of his class was there. I know in the other third grade class, um, there were definitely more absences. Um, so we'll see. He is vaccinated, so hopefully he doesn't catch it and hopefully his teachers don't catch it and hopefully who knows what. I have a feeling we're going to end up with it. (laughs) with COVID this week or next week. Um, we shall see, but, um, not that I want it, but we are past seeing, um, old people like we did over the holidays. So I am less concerned about, um, being like so vigilant as to kind of not do anything in life because, um, now that we've moved, now that we're not going to be seeing anyone super vulnerable, um, for a while, um, well, that's not true. We're actually going to see Julie's aunt on Friday um, because she's going to come up on her way to the airport to fly back to Honolulu. But oh, yeah. So I guess we must remain vigilant until Friday night. Although if we were to test positive before Friday, we would just not see her. She would be upstairs. But anyway, um, so yeah, so the holidays, I guess we can start there. So first of all, we were I Get Wild was supposed to play some shows Friday, December 17th, and Saturday, December 18th. And it was a few days before that that the whole Omicron wave really started to build in intensity 
um, and build an intensity in terms of like just societal and Twitter awareness. And everyone started to start canceling plans, etc. And we did too. Um, we were just not into playing. It just didn't feel right. And thankfully, both venues, which would be Littlefield here in Brooklyn and the Colony in Woodstock, were both very supportive and understanding and were, you know, you know, they were like, yeah, let's just reschedule. So we did. So I don't know if they're finalized, but we are playing both of those again in March. I think the first weekend of March, but stay tuned for the exact dates. But that'll be fun. Hopefully we'll be past this wave and life will feel we'll be on another upswing by then. We'll see. Um, so we canceled those shows. Um, on that Wednesday, the 15th, that we canceled the show, I actually went and had an indoor beer, which is might be the only time. No, there were two times in... Oh, yeah, there were two times in December where I did that. One was the Built Bar going away party for my coworker, Dylan, which I think I talked about last time. Um, and this time was for my coworker and friend, Leah, um, who left um, Decider uh, before taking on a new job. And I don't know if she's publicly announced it yet, so <laughs> I guess I won't say it to the 50 people here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we had a we had a going-away party for her at Circa Brewing, which is in downtown Brooklyn, which is like a big brewery restaurant-type place. The beer is fine. Um, you know, it doesn't stand out in this area just because we have so many incredible breweries here but the beer is fine uh the food which i've had in the past is totally fine and it's a good place to hang out for a get-together um super high ceilings big industrial type ceiling fans um so i got to see leah i got to see dylan who was still in town he had two days yet to move before he moved um mark um our friend and boss was there came down from westchester and um who else did i see Brian from the video team and um oh Megan our co-worker Megan so I had to leave early because Julie had existing dinner plans which in retrospect seems like it wasn't the smartest thing to do um she actually had dinner twice indoors like in a five-day span um and tested negative so I guess we lucked out um so anyway so it was fun to see my co-workers um then I speed walked home and then Julie went out and yeah, I kind of took it easy and didn't go anywhere indoors for the rest of the month. Um, I mean, I went indoors, but masked with an N95. So back to N95s all the time now. Um, so then the following week, um, yeah, not too much happened. Uh, it was a quiet work week leading up into the holiday and, um, Mostly it was just getting stuff scheduled and prepared for the following week when I was out most of it, most of that interrenum week. But yeah, on Christmas Eve, Julie's aunt arrived from Hawaii, and so we had dinner upstairs, and it was fun with everyone. And then on Christmas, oh, and we opened presents. And then on Christmas morning, Julie and Oliver and I and Julie's aunt all drove to Baltimore so we had when she said she was coming a few weeks ago we just we volunteered to drive her to Baltimore usually Julie's parents come drive up but they're getting to an age where they don't want to do it a lot and sometimes they just don't feel like they physically want to sit in a car and drive up for four hours which is totally understandable so we volunteered to drive her down um, which means we ended up 
cutting out Cincinnati because we knew we would have to squeeze that in and we knew that that might not happen and it turns out it did not happen because we decided not to push forward um, with the COVID wave. So Christmas morning, we drove to Baltimore and that was a nice drive. Um, It was fine enough weather once the rain stopped in Staten Island and um, listened to WFMU and then WXPN, uh, both of which were playing great Christmas music and typical of those great stations that were like unusual Christmas music you've never heard, but it's just fantastic. Um, Basically, WFMU always starts to like, we start to lose the signal around exit six, I'd say, on the turnpike. And at that point, you just switch down to 88.5 and then you're in WXPN land until, uh, until, well, you get to, you can, you can still hear it in Maryland, um, but it, it starts to crack up before you even get to the Susquehanna Bridge, the Millard Tidings Bridge across um, the Susquehanna River. Um, and then at that point, you can start to pick up Baltimore radio, but the Baltimore, like, alt-indie whatever station, um, like 89 whatever, is not as good. And actually used to be better, WTMD it's called. It used to be better even two years ago, but then they had some sort of makeover. And it's similar, but just not as good. But um, but yeah, so the drive was pleasant. It was very warm Christmas Day. Um, if you're in New York, you remember that. And it was even warmer in Baltimore. It was like in the 60s. Um, so we had a nice Christmas Eve dinner uh, with that Julie's parents made, like Korean um, like barbecue. It was fantastic. Uh, but two nights of steak in a row was a lot. <laughs> um, I like. I really felt it. It was not great. Um, but... Let's see, the next day, Boxing Day, we drove to Washington, D.C., just me, Julie, and Oliver, and we just drove around and saw the sights, and we had planned on getting out of the car on the mall and maybe even going into a Smithsonian museum, but it seems like everyone else had that idea. There were lines up and down to get into the various Smithsonian museums like the um, National History Museum and the Natural History Museum. Uh, so then we just ended up driving east on Constitution Avenue, and then we found um, an illegal parking spot next to the Capitol. Illegal meaning you needed some sort of permit, but it was, of course, the day after Christmas, so who cares? And we even parked behind a kind of policeman's private truck because we saw the policeman get in the truck, and he did not care that we parked. So it was like, yeah, it was totally fine on on the day after Christmas. So we spent a half an hour walking around near the Capitol, and it was awesome, and it was nice weather. So after that, we went up to Ben's Chili Bowl, which I think is on U Street or T Street, but up there in the U Street corridor near 14th Street, near the 930 Club and uh, the Black Cat. And I went and had my first ever Ben's Chili Bowl experience, and it was great. Um, You know, even if I thought the food wasn't great, I would love it for just the experience and the history of the place but no the food was fantastic so I just had a chili dog I didn't get the half smoke because I wasn't sure exactly what it was and I hadn't done my research so I just got a chili dog which was great and cheese fries and I didn't eat it there Julie and Oliver had found a playground right next to where we parked the car so I took the food back to the playground and I just sat on a picnic table and ate my Ben's chili bowl chili dog while Oliver played um, in the playground it was really nice Oh, and actually, when we first arrived in D.C., we went to the Washington, D.C. location of Other Half Brewing, um, which is cool. It was in a place called Ivy City, which is a lot like Industry City. 
um, you know, like a like cool coffee shops and breweries and restaurants and also big box stores inside like kind of remade warehouse district. Um, pretty nice. Um, and other half, pretty spectacular location. Uh, nice, clean and airy. They have a whole outdoor seating area that's accessible to the indoor seating area via like three glass garage doors in a row. So they can kind of make it all one big indoor outdoor place if they want. Really cool. Um, and I ended up buying a four pack of jumbo slice for my friend, Steve, who requested it. Um, once he knew that I was there when I texted everyone to say, Hey, I'm at other half in DC. So Steve, that beer is chilling in our basement, um, waiting for pickup when you come back here, which I think is in a couple of weeks. So that was our trip to Washington. Uh, the next day I worked a half day and took care of just some stuff and tasks. And then in the afternoon, we drove to the big mall, Towson Town Center, where Oliver got um, shoelace shoes. So he's learned how to tie his shoelaces in the past month, um, but he didn't have any shoelace shoes. So he was very excited to go buy shoes with shoelaces. So um, at Nordstrom, um, we got him these really cool looking um, New Balance running shoes and also these kind of snow boot type hiking boot type things winter winter boot shoes and um he's psyched so that's that's a another um another watershed moment in um in childhood and then the following day which was the last full day we spent in baltimore we drove down to federal hill i wanted to check out federal hill and drive around and um my friend Krukov suggested that we check out Federal Hill Park, which is sort of the main park at Federal Hill, and it's at the northeast corner of the neighborhood. And it is on the sort of it it sits south across the most inner part of the inner harbor from downtown. So it has great views, and it's way up on this hill, um, like really high up, pretty spectacular. And there was a playground there, so Oliver um, loved it. I actually got very well, not very. I got upset at Oliver because he wouldn't take a proper photo of me and Julie. And I can never trust him to take photos of us because he just has a thinks it's funny to zoom in on like my nose or not get us in frame. So he took pictures of us just from the waist down, just of our legs. And I got upset that he wouldn't take one normal photo. But in retrospect, it is a very funny photo. Um, I just wish he'd taken a normal one, but it looks hilarious. Um, so that was Federal Hill. We stopped. I went to a coffee shop called Afters Afters Cafe, which um, I think is Asian owned because a there was an Asian guy working it, but also they had a cool like a large selection of um, bubble teas. Um, but the coffee was good. And then we drove to Fells Point because I wanted to go to a bookstore there and just drive around fells point and i hadn't i haven't hung out in fells point since like 1997 but the bookstore was closed they were closed for like the week and it's too bad and there was somebody else had walked up too when i was outside of it and they were peering in hoping to go in but alas it was closed um so then that night which again was our last night in baltimore i drove julie and oliver home oh we went to the playground up there by her parents house then I went back out because I wanted to go do more stuff while I was there. So I drove down to Hamden, spelled Hampden, which is near Johns Hopkins. Kind of cool little neighborhood. And 
I went to this ice cream place called Baltimore in a Box, which has all these local flavors. And they serve you your scoops in little boxes, um, like tiny little, almost like Chinese takeout boxes, um, hence the name. And all their flavors are local influenced. Really good. And then I went to Union Craft Brewing, which is right off 83. Um, uh, what is the road there called? Fall River, River Fall. But it's that exit 80, off 83 at the edge of Hamden um, in a big old warehouse as breweries are. And I got one beer and, and stood outside and had it in their outdoor area. And there was one other guy out there smoking a cigar. And he and I struck up a conversation. And then I bought two six-packs, one of their triple ale and then one of their duck pin pale ale, which is like kind of their um, stand, they're like, um, you know, their main beer and, um, duck pins are really good. And so was this triple, which I've had one of. So that was our Baltimore trip. The next day we drove back to New York. We had decided not to go to Cincinnati. And then we had a few days to just rest here and didn't do too much. I worked a half day in there. Um, had some stoop beers with uh, my friend Eric. We went to Bargrade Harry for one beer the following day and sat outside. And then on New Year's Eve, went upstairs for dinner and um, then spent New Year's at midnight over on my friend Eric's roof and we were watching Fish, uh, the Fish free webcast. Um, oh, Fish. I'll tell you the story about Fish. I had not bought tickets yet for their four New Year's shows here because I thought I would get one at the last minute because I wasn't sure when I was going to be in town. And then the COVID wave hit and I was like, well, I'm not going. But then I started to hear rumors on a certain day. I can't remember what day it was that they were going to postpone all four dates. And it seemed by the minute, it seemed more and more obvious that they were going to have to postpone. So I went on SeatGeek and bought a floor ticket for the January 1st show for $119 before fees which were a lot but anyway 119 and then an hour and a half later the announcement came that they were postponing till late april and then right away ticket prices doubled so i kind of used insider twitter rumor trading to secure a floor ga ticket for fish for like well under <laughs> um it's it's real value so um thank you fish twitter and I'll be there on Saturday, April 23rd at the Garden. Um, wow, I've been speaking for 18 minutes, but I actually got through much of the sort of like wrapping up the week. Um, and then that's it. Yeah, getting back to now. Oliver's back in school. I'm back to work. Uh, I think I'm going to get COVID because <laughs> he's in school. I hope not, but and maybe not. But anyway, um, and that's it. So books. Uh, still reading Children of Dune, and I love Dune books so much, and I'm reading them for the first time that I'm just taking it slow. Um, also, I'm reading Unstrung by Marc Ribot. Marc Ribot, the avant-garde guitarist who, as far as I know, still lives here in this neighborhood on Baltic. Um, but I first heard of him in the late 80s because he played on um, Tom Waits' Rain Dogs album. Not on the song Downtown Train, by the way, as many think, but um, on most of the first side of that record. Um, and then he was in Elvis Costello's Rude Five, which was the touring band that toured behind Mighty Like a Rose. So I saw Mark Rebo play with Elvis Costello 
in the summer of 1991 at the Kingswood Music Theater in Canada's Wonderland. Uh, it was Elvis Costello and the Rude Five with the replacements opening on their final tour. Um, so, yeah, I love Mark Ribot. He has this memoir out. Um, it's very short. It's like under 200 pages. And they're very short chapters. And they're basically just like musings and collected essays on people he's known and experiences he's had. Highly recommend it. Um, and so I've been listening to a lot of Mark Ribot, just pulling up random albums, which he has a lot of. Um, so, yeah. And that's due back at the library Friday. So I'm going to finish that by Friday. Um movies i watched a couple of movies the alpinist as in alpine the alpinist which is now on netflix it came out theatrically in the summer um it's about this like 20 something free mountain climber free meaning he just starts climbing with very little gear dude in bc in british columbia um i think he lives in squamish i actually haven't gotten to the end of the movie so maybe he moves um but he's in squamish bc which is halfway between vancouver and whistler and um and uh, when I was starting to watch it in the very opening scenes, you see the directors of the documentary. And I was like, hey, I know one of the directors, this guy, Nick Rosen, who went to Colorado College with some of my high school friends and then my New York City friends. Um, so I knew Nick when he lived here. He since moved back to Boulder years ago and he started Sender Films, this production company with this college classmate. And they're both the directors of this film really great film the Al- alpinist um and i also watched encanto on disney plus and it's yeah it's just another home run disney plus kids movie and they just like they're always awesome so i recommend both of those and i already talked about the beer there hasn't been too much new music i've listened to um except mark Ribot, new to me mark Ribot stuff and um did my usual listening to old Grateful Dead New Year's runs shows and also some fish and but I think that's kind of about it I'm trying I feel like I'm missing something else no I listened to the go-betweens last night um which I listen to periodically um the go-betweens like post reunion albums which started in 2000 with the friends of Rachel Worth none of those are on streaming services so you can add those to the huge list of um you know, mid to high profile albums that are not on major streaming services. For me, the one that I always wait for is Cloudland by Per Ubu. One day that will be back and it will make it easy for me to listen to while walking around, but that day hasn't arrived yet. And I guess that is it. Don't have any upcoming shows besides that fish one in April. Oh, I'm going to Hot Tuna at Carnegie Hall. Thank you to Krukov, who said he got tickets. Um, That's actually the night before that fish show. This is Friday, April 22nd. It's Yorma Kalkinen's 80th birthday celebration, so Hot Tuna at Carnegie Hall. I have never seen Hot Tuna, so I'm excited for this, and I'm excited to go back to Carnegie Hall, which is obviously a spectacular place. And this will join the other artists I've seen at Carnegie Hall, which include Brian Wilson on the Smile Tour. Uh, Neil Young solo a few years ago, Randy Newman solo in the aughts, um, and then at least one or two of the Tibet House benefits, which means a lot of great people, including Philip Glass, Patti Smith, blah, blah, blah. I'd have to look at my spreadsheet to see who else I've seen there. But anyway, Carnegie Hall, looking forward to that. And then, like I said, the I Get Wild shows will hopefully happen in early March. We'll see. 
but we'll keep you posted with that. Um, and I guess the final thing to say is I hope by the next time there's an episode, the Christmas tree will be down. We didn't get around to taking it down over the weekend, so it will be up until at least January 8th, <laughs> 7th or 8th or 9th. So we'll see. It is nice to still have it up and it's a fake tree. So kind of easy to put away. And so with that fake tree, fake plastic tree news, this has been episode 77 of the Conrad Life Report, um, January 4th, 2022 from Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Stay safe and hope to see people in person soon. Talk later.